Hello everyone and welcome to The Banker Next Door. Let's get this show rolling. Hello everyone, I am your host, Dr. Joe Berquist. Welcome to The Banker Next Door. I'm uh, excited to be here this week. I'm uh, kind of sporting a little Eagles action here today, trying to give my team a little love and support today. <laughs> Um, hopefully they'll do all right against the Cowboys tonight. We'll see. We'll we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, today I wanted to bring a special episode. I have a, uh, a lot of information on millionaires uh, and billionaires that I wanted to basically share with everyone. I think everyone will find a lot of these statistics and information very interesting. Um, I think you know in the banking world or even the financial services world, you know you really have to study what's going on with wealthy individuals. You know, how is their wealth growing or contracting? Um, is the number of millionaires growing? Uh, the, these numbers are very important as you try to determine, you know, who your target audience is and who you're going after for various types of financial services products. In other words, um, insurance companies, insurance individuals, they might be targeting a specific, you know, specific uh, makeup of customer, uh, wealth management people might be targeting one thing. Uh, commercial lenders, uh, you know, commercial banking individuals might be targeting another. So, I so with that in mind, I wanted to share. I'm going to bring this in here. So, uh, so just a simple kind of rundown on millionaires and billionaires, and what's going on with these individuals. So, uh, so as of just about a year or so ago. There were 2,208 billionaires in the world. Uh, these billionaires had an average net worth of 4.1 billion. The U.S. has the most billionaires at 585, and New York, New York has the highest number at 94. China has the second most at 430. And th and this is critical. I wanted to show this to everybody. So, how do banks basically figure out like, well, what is a truly like a, a an uber wealthy person and, and how do, how do banks understand that? Well, they came up for a definition for that. And that definition of the ultra wealthy, in other words, a mega millionaire is what's called an ultra high net worth individual, the UHNWI. And the definition for that is, is an individual or a family that has a net worth of at least $30 million. So the U.S. has approximately 79,595 individuals that meet that ultra high net worth definition. Uh, and here's an interesting thing. So these individuals, are, for the most part, are very private and it can be very difficult to contact. Um, not necessarily surprising there. I mean, if you're, if you're worth uh, that much money, uh, generally these people uh, or these individuals and families, they like to keep a very low profile, uh, contrary to probably a lot of the um, billionaires that you see out there, people like, you know, obviously Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, I would say for probably every, you know, billionaire out there that is, you know, high exposure, there's probably, you know, another hundred that are, you know, so low key that you would have basically almost no idea who they were. Um, you know, so again, just an interesting thing to point out. Um, Hong Kong has the highest number of ultra high net worth individuals in the world. And so I'm going to introduce this statistic here in a second. And then as we go through some of the next information, we're going to see how, how this turns out. So as of 2019, 
there were approximately 11 million millionaires in the United States. Uh, that makes that accounts for approximately 3% of the U.S. population. Um, so if you think about that for a minute, so the U.S. probably has, or at least as of a couple years ago, probably had a an overall population of probably about 330 million for the, uh, you know, give or take. Um, so you, but you had 11 million of those were considered millionaires, which is a, a pretty significant number. Now let's move on here. So, and, and then again, just some interesting stats. So where do the wealthy go to school? Well, Harvard had the highest number of high net worth individuals at 1,906. Uh, University of Pennsylvania had 832. Columbia had 578. New York University had 488. Stanford had 466. Yale has 360. And then kind of rounding out the top 10 was uh, like MIT, University of Chicago, Northwestern, Princeton, and Cornell. Um, obviously, a lot of Ivy League schools on that list uh, with Harvard, University of Pennsylvania, Princeton, Cornell, uh, etc. So uh, a couple interesting facts here. Your odds of becoming an ultra high net worth individual increase dramatically if you do graduate from an Ivy League school. Schools with the highest percentage of inherited wealth are Boston University at 14% and Columbia at 13%. The highest percentage of self-made were from the University of Virginia at 83% and the University of Chicago at 82%. So just again, just some interesting notes there, things to, to take heed. I don't... Uh, I don't know that anything there would be very surprising, um, but uh, I, I did I did find it. I will say this. I did find it interesting that the, the schools with the highest percentage of inherited wealth came from Boston and Columbia. Uh, those probably wouldn't if I had to take a blank guess, those probably wouldn't have been the two schools that I would have would have jumped to mind. I probably would have gone right to like Harvard, Princeton, Yale, um, so on. Those those probably would have been my my first guesses. So now. The Federal Reserve does what they call the Survey of Consumer Finances, and this is a, a great survey that the Federal Reserve does basically every year looking at, at examining the wealth of uh, either you know, an individual or families in the U.S. And so their recent survey just came out, and here's what they came up with. So about 16 million U.S. families, roughly about 12 percent, have a net worth exceeding one million. And that's up from 9.8 million in 2019. So what we just said as of 2019 number, we had basically, you know, or uh, we had about 11 million. Now that has really, that has jumped up to 16 million uh, U.S. families that now have a net worth over a million dollars. About 8 million U.S. families are considered multimillionaires, meaning that their net worth exceeds 2 million, and that's up from 4.7 million in, in 2019. So you could see that the number of millionaires and multimillionaires has, has dramatically grown here in just the last five years. So only 1% of families under the age of 35 are millionaires, but that rises with age. So by the time uh, an individual you know, basically gets to the ages of 55 to 64, 21% are now millionaires. 45% uh, of college graduates become millionaires between the ages of 55 and 64. Um, and now I want to, we're going to take a look at kind of a, 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 a somewhat, somewhat of a subgroup that they call mini millionaires. So here's some interesting facts on mini millionaires. So they basically earn between 150 and $250,000 a year. They are not considered rich, but rather upper middle class. 
The biggest wealth gains between 2019 and 2022 were among the approximately 13 million families in the 80th and 90th percentile. So in other words, the top, roughly the top 20% of earners. 90% um, of these families own stock either directly or through retirement accounts. 87% of these families own their own homes. Many families got there by pursuing college degrees, steadily building retirement accounts and purchasing homes. So there, and the reason why I'm saying all this is because you'll see here as we kind of move through here is like, there's a pattern here. In other words, wealth is built over time. It's built slowly. People that are able to build wealth do a couple of key things. They focus on education, uh, primarily through getting college degrees. Uh, they want to be homeowners. They want to purchase their own homes and they're savers, meaning that they're they're putting money into their retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, and they're consistently doing that month in, month in, month in, month out, year in, year out. And they're steadily building wealth over time so that by the time they, they get to their mid 50s to early 60s, they have a basically a million dollar net worth. And and like, again, and some of them get to a multimillion dollar net worth. Um. Now, and, and, and what we're going to do here in a minute is we're going to look at a specific example of the state of Pennsylvania in terms of the top income earners. And, you know, and I, and I think that is, um, you know, I think I just want to point out, I think it's very interesting. I think some people would say that, you know, if you made 250000 a year that you were rich and that that could be true. But the the one percent numbers don't really yield that out. And I think that really also depends on where you live. I think, I think where you live plays into that a, a very great degree. So, okay. So let's take a look at what you called centi millionaires. So this is the population of the super wealthy or those worth a hundred million or more. And the number of these individuals that are worth a hundred dollars or more has more than doubled over the last 20 years. In particularly in the last five years, Low interest rates fueled asset price growth, which led to a rapid expansion in the number of centennial millionaires. Everything from real estate, land, stocks, private companies, and art saw boosted values because of this, because of, again, the low interest rate environment, um, also because of the, uh, um, you know, the, the COVID funding and other things that were out there. Uh, a lot of there are, no, there are several factors to it, but that but the the low interest rate environment is really what uh, really what fueled this, and then the COVID funding just kind of just you know jazzed it, you know gave it a turbo boost basically. Um, so there are now approximately twenty thousand plus so called centi millionaires worldwide, and that's up twelve percent over the last year, and more than twice the number in two thousand three. The number of billionaires increased from 500 in 2003 to 2,600 today. I had the stat at the very beginning that there were roughly about 2,200 billionaires, but you can see as of today, that number has now gone up to 2,600. Centi millionaires made their fortunes by starting their own companies or helping fund startups. The U.S. is still the dominant capital of entrepreneurship and centi millionaires with 38% of the global population worth 100 million or more. So in other words, 38% of these centi millionaires, people worth 100 million or more reside in the US. Okay, so let's take a look at countries with the most centi millionaires. So the US has approximately 10,660. China has 2,358. Germany has 1,050. And India has 1,035. So the, basically the countries with the top number of centimillionaires, U.S., China, Germany, and India.
cities with the most centimillionaires. So New York had 775, San Francisco had 692, Los Angeles had 504, London has 388, and Beijing has 365. So with the end of ultra-low interest rates, the growth rate for centimillionaires is expected to slow, not necessarily, I think, surprisingly, um, with the interest rate environment going up, with COVID funding kind of drying up. Um, you know, so I think you naturally, that would have a tendency to slow down here in the next 10 years. However, uh, the projected population of centimillionaires is projected to still grow by approximately 38% over the next decade, uh, going from around 28,000 uh, to around 29,000 by 2033. Um, centimillionaires are more representative of the world's super wealthy. And the dollar threshold for what it means to be super wealthy has increased rapidly over time. And that's from a, a gentleman named uh, Jurg, uh, Jurg Steffen, who is the CEO of Henley and Partners. And so basically in the late 1990s, if you had a net worth of $30 million, that was kind of the number to reach this status of this, this kind of centimillionaire group. Now that number is $100 million. So that number has grown dramatically in the last 30 years. Um, interestingly, there is often little visibility between a lifestyle between a person worth a hundred million and a billionaire. I find that that's, that's kind of an interesting, I think an interesting thing. So now let's take a look at, uh, kind of a little bit more in depth, a little bit more granular. So what is the, if you were living in Pennsylvania, what would be the cutoff for being the top 1% of earners? So in PA, that number would be 506,000 approximately. And, and, that, and this, that number is as of 2020. So if you wanted to be in the top 1% of earners in the state of Pennsylvania, you would have to make $506,000 per year. And approximately 60,147 tax filers in the state of Pennsylvania meet that threshold. In 2015, the cutoff for 1%ers in PA was approximately 447,000, meaning that that level has increased by approximately 13 in the last five years. Nationally, if you were one of the top 1% of earners, uh, you would be making 561,000, which is up from which is up 16.5% from 2015's cutoff of 482,000. So the cutoff for the top 25% of earners was 87,000 in 2020, which was an increase of 9% from 2015. Now I that number I find uh, very fascinating because if you, so if you made 87,000 in 2020, you were considered nationally in the top 25% of income earners. Um, $87,000 is not a huge amount of money. Uh, and I think I saw a statistic the other day that said the average family in America, I think makes like 41,000. So with the top 1%, if you're making 561,000 nationally and, and your average family's making 41,000, obviously that's an enormous discrepancy there in the terms of the amount of, amount of money that's being made. Um, but let's stay focused on PA for the moment. So, so we have, so in PA, if you want to be, again, if you want to be a top 1%, you're making 506,000. So let's compare that to some of the neighbor states of PA. And, and so, cause PA is kind of in the middle of the pack in terms of the states that it's surrounded by. So you've got on the one side, uh, you've got uh, Delaware, Ohio, West Virginia, which PA is above that, but then they are far below New York, New Jersey, and Maryland. 
Uh, and again, just pointing out here that there's a big difference between the 1% and the 5% cutoff. So in Pennsylvania, the top 5% of earners have a cutoff of 213,000. Top 10% of earners have a cutoff of 150,000. And the top 25% have a cutoff of 90,000, which is not, uh, not too far off, again, from the, the overall national averages. Uh, and I will, I will say, I do have to put the caveat in there that these numbers are skewed by the billionaires at the top. I mean, the billionaires at the top have accumulated a lot of wealth and that has kind of skewed these numbers a little bit. So, so it's not, again, it's not, um, I, I think you have to take, I don't know, how do you say that? Maybe take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. So they're not, they're not perfect, but, uh, but they're not, you know, tremendously far off either. Um, so and and then let's see here. And then let's kind of wrap up. So top, uh, so basically the top one percent cut off nationally. So in Washington D.C., if you were to make the cut for the top one percent, you would be at eight hundred nineteen thousand. If you were in Connecticut, you were you're eight hundred also at eight hundred nineteen thousand. And then the next couple states coming in below that are basically Massachusetts, California, New Jersey, the state of Washington. New York and Colorado, uh, basically at 600,000 plus. And then Florida and Illinois were just below the 600,000 cutoff, not, uh, you know, not far behind those other states. So the bottom states for the top 1% cutoff was West Virginia at 316,000, Mississippi at 328,000, and New Mexico at 353,000. Now, during COVID, you had kind of this mass migration of people moving from uh, kind of northern states, particularly the northeast, also uh, also western states, you know, California, Portland, Washington, and they moved to a lot of the southern states, uh, in particularly Florida, Texas, North Carolina, and Arizona. And these were the states that attracted the most wealthy new residents. So just again, some some interesting information there. But um, but going back, so again, I think you have to try to understand some of these numbers in terms of, of the, the wealth that's been accumulated and how this, the wealthy, you know, continue to grow at a pretty, pretty healthy clip here. I mean, we've seen a huge expansion in just the last five years, but even though things might slow down a little bit, those numbers are continue to get, you know, larger and larger. Um, you also have a dynamic where you have millennials and Gen Z are set to, I mean, they're going to inherit a tremendous amount of money from their baby boomer uh, parents and grandparents uh, coming up here, uh, probably, I would say, estimate in probably the next 10 years. I mean, given the fact that, you know, most of your boomers are probably in their late 60s and 70s at this point, um, you know, you figure the next 10 years, they're, they're going to be in their late 70s and that probably, you know, in that that 78 to 88 range uh, where, you know, again, most people would, would start to to probably naturally pass away at that point. Um, and, and of course, and you're going to see this wealth transfer that's going to come in, that's going to go in here. And that's also going to have an effect on some of these numbers. But um, but under, again, understanding these numbers is very critical, depending on who it is you're you're trying to target. Uh, from a sales perspective, in terms of you know, again, if you're a wealth manager, you're gonna you're gonna focus on some of these high net worth uh, individuals and high net worth families, and trying to do this. I mean, I mean, pretty much all your big banks, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, um, they all have divisions and units that focus on these these mega millionaires, uh, these centi millionaires that are you know worth a hundred million dollars and more, and um, 
uh, you know, and, and so they they all go after them and they all target them. So, uh, again, I just thought that uh, a lot of these numbers were really interesting and I just really wanted to share them with everybody. And I hope people find them interesting. If, um, you know, if anybody has any comments or whatever, please make sure to leave those below. And uh, I would just say, you know, if, if you like the video, if you like what you saw today, please give a big thumbs up. Uh, make sure to, to, to subscribe as well. That always uh, helps the channel. And um, I will be coming back uh, next week. I have a couple more installments on the crypto series, which I'm going to I'm going to bring in. And uh, and then we have a banking update and some other things coming down the pike. Uh, a couple other uh, interviews and things that are going to be coming here in the following weeks. And I'm uh, looking forward to very forward to some of that. And uh, but uh, I hope everyone has an, an awesome day and I hope to talk to you all again real soon. Thanks.